Today we're going to talk about self-sabotage. Close your eyes as you hear these words. Let them sink in. Plate by plate she braided your hair, whispering sweet nothings to last a lifetime. Yet you wished for it to be shorn, cut up into bits, unresembling of the curls you once had. The sweet nothings fizzled into thin air. Long gone were her loving glances, long gone were her open embraces. Now you sit and wrap your arms around yourself, screaming for her in fear. Yet all she does is switch off the lights, and you're stuck in the cold dark with no one to wipe the tears. Self-abandonment. As soon as there is a ghost of a smile upon my lips, they come for me. They drag me kicking and screaming. You don't deserve to smile. You don't deserve to be happy, they say. The shackles tighten around my ankles. I want to heal, I beg them. They retaliate and throw rocks at me. You deserve to remain broken, they say. They pelt me and watch me bleed. They shove me into a cage, despite my incessant protests. You shall remain a fragmented soul, they say, locking the cage shut. I will get better. I will get better. I will get better, I repeat to myself like a mantra. But the loud chanting of the voices drowns me out. You did this, you did this, you did this. This is all your fault, this is all your fault, this is all your fault. I am a prisoner of my mind, shackled by my woes. I feel the rope wrapping tighter and tighter around my wrists. I scream for help, my cries are silenced with duct tape. I thrash and kick in my struggle to get out of the bounds but it seems like you've done an amazing job of silencing and holding me hostage. You make me stand up, pitying me as you walk me to the edge. With one hearty shove from behind, I close my eyes and embrace the plummet. A scream bellows from out deep inside my lungs. Gasping for air, I sit up in my bed. I look up at the mirror across from my bed and freeze in shock. I feel my soul clench as I see her standing to the side of my bed with the rope and duct tape in hand. I was the assailant and self-sabotage was holding me hostage. Back against the wall, I scream. I watch her pour the gasoline. I weep and plead and cry to no avail. The flames burn my ankles wrapping around my wrists, yet she stands there laughing at my expense. The flames hold me captive. Soon my limbs turn black. Yet she stands there cackling, finally content and proud. The hot red fire slowly burns my mortal bones. She could have tried to save me, but the fire was much too unruly, just like her temper. She didn't seem to care. What had been a simple bonfire keeping me warm was now a blazing fire, slowly burning me alive. The smoke fills our lungs, I watch her cough. Still, she grins with glee. As ashes and flames suffocate my soul, all I could do was ask her, what did I do wrong? Self-sabotage.
Imagine you have a shadow, a second version of you, but this version is the complete opposite of loving. They exist through the intrusive thoughts, the second guesses and doubts you hear and fight at every step you take. They whisper hate in your ears. They hold your hand and stop you from writing words on the paper. They kick you down again when you try to get up. They convince you your body is never good enough, no matter how much you run. They convince you your dreams are too out of reach for your capabilities. You could be the smartest, most good-looking, most charismatic person in the room. And this shadow will convince you to hide yourself and your personality and your charm from everyone. This shadow is always fighting to dim your light as you try to run towards your dreams, always trying to push your dreams out of your grasping hands. This shadow is made of your worst fears, doubts, and insecurities. That shadow, my friend, is self-sabotage. When I was crying on the floor of my bathroom at the crack of dawn, feeling the walls close in while the tears rained down my face and the insecurities and doubts drowned my thoughts, the silenced me came to life and told myself that I needed to fight harder to love myself. She told me I couldn't give up on my dreams and that I needed to heal. Well, the first step to healing was recognizing that I had neglected my healing and dreams. I had to convince myself that self-love was a worthwhile investment that would never fail me as long as I walked along this journey of life. The second part was getting out of rock bottom because I had to become too comfortable in it. We'll come back to this thought in a couple of minutes because it's one of the most important to discuss today. I had to listen to the child in me that was crying, wipe her tears and hold her hand as we stepped out of the dark. Next, I had to battle my negative thoughts and confront my mind while recognizing its role in my tendency to remain in rock bottom and in misery. I had to coach myself as I learned discipline. I had to push out the rotting bad thoughts screaming in my head to make room for my goals, dreams, and self-discipline. The self-discipline keeps me grounded and on track, even on days where I have to force myself to get out of bed. The self-discipline keeps me on my feet, walking or stumbling even, towards my dreams when I don't have enough energy to run. But as I finished these steps and saw these changes bettering my life, there was still one thing I didn't understand. Before I started this journey, you have to real- you have to understand that I had gotten used to not fighting and giving up on myself. I got used to letting the insecurities ruin me and take over my mind while I sat there helplessly crying. I got too comfortable in rock bottom. Sadness and failure was something I accepted to be the constant in my life. There was this constant nagging voice in my head convincing me to stop and to go back to bed. It was convincing me that I was wasting time by trying to love myself and heal. This voice made me feel like my dreams were far too ambitious for my capabilities. But this made me angry because I know when I pour my heart into something, I'll stop at nothing to achieve it. So why was I listening to this voice and why was this voice still bothering me? So you know what? I sat in bed at the crack of dawn writing poems, trying to paint pictures with metaphors to match the actions and sound of this voice, this shadow in my head. 
I trace moments from my childhood to now, trying to see the actions of this shadow. As I wrote these poems, I understood and realized that this shadow was actually me. It wasn't some third person. I was self-sabotaging. Self-sabotage was that shadow that refused to leave me. Writing poems about self-sabotage helped me realize how much it impacted my life and how scary it was. But once I got over the shock, I realized that I choose if and when to feed into it. The motto I started living by was fake it till you make it. This works for me because it reminds me to keep chasing my goals and stepping forward, even if there's a doubt in my mind about the end goal, because eventually I'd feel more and more confident throughout the journey and about achieving the goal. This way, I could get used to ignoring that shadow and keep running, regardless of it grabbing onto my ankles and trying to drag me back. Why do people self-sabotage? Self-sabotage is the act of ruining your own goals and self. I self-sabotage because I didn't believe in my own abilities. I didn't think I was hardworking enough for the dreams I had. I was scared of trying and failing. And most importantly, I was scared of ruining my life. I was reading this article titled 11 Subtle Ways You Commit Self-Sabotage Without Even Knowing It on this blog I came across called Agile Lifestyle. It was written by Tony. They said, Here are some of the subtle ways in which and reasons why people self-sabotage. You have a fear of success. This is basically a fear of change. We fear that changes in success, which is a form of change, will change life as we know it. But change is good because it helps you grow as a person and learn more about how to face and deal with different situations as things keep changing and progressing. You dwell on too many options. Essentially, you face what's called decision paralysis when there's too many options. There's too many paths and ways to accomplish something, and sometimes people give up because they can't seem to make a decision. But you have to remember that figuring out what you want to do in life is a process, as Tony mentions. I find this to be true. I remember how many times I wanted to give up because there wasn't one clear path to doing something I wanted to do. But basically, all you have to do is choose the option you see best for you in that moment and take a leap of faith. You quit when the going gets tough. They say that failing fast isn't the same as quitting fast. You give up because you're not succeeding as quick as others on the same path. But all you have to do is remember to set smart and realistic goals that once achieved will give you moments of satisfaction as you slowly build up to success. It's your mentality that you need to adapt and change in order to quit. Stop quitting fast. You let others monopolize your time. Time is valuable because it's finite and non-renewable, as Tony mentioned. And I agree, because you don't get your lost time back, which is why you have to make sure you're using it wisely. Tony talks about understanding your peak productivity times and making sure those are dedicated to being productive. The most important thing I got from this reason is that you need to protect yourself from interruptions and distractions to make sure you have enough time allocated to do all the things your heart desires. You avoid the hard work in favor of the trivial. Tony talks about attention pollution. 
Basically, you do the trivial things like checking social media and emails before attempting to focus on the main task because of how time-consuming and complicated the main task can be. But like Tony says, you can't make your legacy by checking, by checking Facebook messages or whatever else. Don't let fear keep you from grabbing life by the horns and charging towards your success. Throw yourself into the task because I promise you, the longer you work on it, the easier it will get. Because that's just how it has to work. On a related note, the more you, more time you spend trying to love yourself, the easier and more normalized it becomes for you to see and treat yourself from a place of love. And then there was a reason that Tony gave that hit me in the chest. You don't cut yourself any slack. Tony says, I am easily my own worst critic. Literally no one has ever said anything as harsh to me as they say to myself pretty much every single day. It's a problem. I related to this a lot because they're right. I say things to myself that no one else would ever think of me. My friends always point out my strengths, which at the risk of sounding cocky, I will mention include being intelligent and emotionally intelligent. Meanwhile, I think I'm dumb and can't help people feel cared for. But at the end of the day, it's me who's saying these things and seeing myself in a bad light. And that's why it affects me so much. My negative thoughts sometimes feel like facts about my capabilities, but it's not true. And even if I'm not good at something or lack in a certain skill, I can always learn and better myself, which is something my mind forgets when I start engaging in self-sabotaging behaviors. So after I came to terms with the fact that I had been self-sabotaging for as long as I could remember, I had to figure out how to find this tendency. How do I gain control back? The answer was to learn to love myself. I had to teach myself the importance of treating myself with love and respect and how to be patient. I started reminding myself that it was okay to fail because I can keep getting up and trying as many times as I needed to before I got it right. I kept reminding myself that I don't need to give up on a dream just because there's a complicated path leading up to it. Then I started replacing the negative thoughts with patience and kind reminder. Kind reminders. As I started stepping further and further along the path to success, I reminded myself that any step forward was always further than where I started from. Even the tiniest steps. As I accomplished different steps, I got closer to accomplishing the goal and just thought of and just the thought of getting closer to the end goal was enough to keep me going. I started focusing on appreciating the journey in the process. I started finding ways to make myself laugh and finding the silver lining in everything as a way to fight self-sabotage. I know it's easier said than done to be kind to yourself, but even one kind reminder to yourself each day starts to create a positive change in your life. Every little change adds up more and more to the bigger picture. Always remember that when you start to feel discouraged, embrace failure with no shame because who's perfect and hasn't failed at least a few times anyways. Failure makes us human. There's so much to learn from failure. Also, just remember that each failure teaches you how to get closer and closer to achieving something. So failure can't be all that bad. In order to stop or minimize self-sabotage, these are the steps you need to take. 1. Understand your behavior and habits. 
In order to fight and change something, you have to self-reflect and self-observe who you are as a person. Then only can you recognize thoughts and behavior that don't match what you want from life. Number two, identify self-sabotage within your behavior and habits. Think about what you do when you're scared of achieving something. How do you stop yourself from pursuing a goal? How do you react when you have self-doubt? Number three, understand why you're self-sabotaging. Self-reflect about the bigger picture. Why are you self-sabotaging? Are you scared of change? Are you scared of failure? Do you think that the path is too complicated? Number four, make room for the positive voice. Recognize when your thoughts are negative and mean. Think about the thoughts you would rather think and the things you would rather say to yourself. For instance, I would rather say, you got this. It's okay to keep it's okay to fail, keep trying, keep going, instead of saying, oh, I failed and this is it. Number five, make changes and implement self-discipline. Make a daily routine. Figure out the many tiny steps that will help you reach the end goal. What are good habits you want to incorporate into your daily life? How can you self-soothe when you're upset? What can you do to engage in self-care? How can you celebrate your small victories while walking on the path to success? I like to think that we all end up where we're intended to be. Life is unpredictable, and that's why we should go with the flow and ride the wave. Trust the timing of your life. Don't be afraid to dream. Hold on to hope and run after what sets your soul on fire. Love, Sandeep. <laughs>